Welcome back, my beautiful people. You're listening to the Nutrition by Lex podcast. I'm Lex, your host, a dietetic graduate student and soon-to-be registered dietitian. Hey, all. Welcome back to the Nutrition by Lex podcast. I am here with Olivia. Olivia, do you want to introduce yourself to everyone and just tell everyone who you are and what you do? Yeah. Hey, so I'm Olivia Van Geis. I'm um, Live Well VG on Instagram and uh, TikTok. So thanks, Lex, for having me on the show. Um, right now, I am a personal trainer and certified nutrition coach. So I'm working at a gym, um, but I also, or I guess I'm working at a wellness club, but I also do um, coaching and exercise programming on the side. Um, and I'll be, this is kind of like what I'm doing during my gap year. I'll be going back to physical therapy school in May or June. So oh, I did not know that. That's so exciting. Yeah. I'm saying, I don't post it a lot <laughs> anyway because it's not, it's not like final where I'm going yet, but that's, that's the plan. <laughs> that's so, and so how long will you be in school when you go back? Is that like three years? Yeah. So it's three years. Cause it's a, yeah. They just changed like all PT schools to doctor programs, so it's right, 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 right. Longer, more expensive, you know. <laughs> It'll pay off in the long run, trust me. Yes, I was gonna yeah. say, I'll, t- I'll take your advice since you're finishing yeah. <laughs> up your master's, right? Yeah, so I, I graduated in May. Um, I've I've hit that rock wall though, so you'll have a fresh <laughs> start since you haven't been in school. You'll have like a reboot going into it, but I after, it. <laughs> yeah. My, my like air quote senioritis is like hitting me so hard, but yeah. like it's senioritis times like 1000. Cause I've already been in college for six years. So it's like yeah. so much worse than what it was like senior year of high school or undergrad. Like, I'm just like, okay, let's go. Like let's next step. <laughs> right. Right. Well, plus I feel like, cause you've already gotten kind of a jump start on your career with like, you know, your businesses and everything like that. So I, I'd be itching if I were you as well. Right, exactly. And I think that's like, I really started to itch to get out whenever like NBL started and stuff like that. And now like, I really just want my RD like now so I can start implementing those like medical nutrition side of things to everything, like the separation between the two. Um, So we're we're getting there. I'm about a year out from being an RD. So the countdown is on. (laughs) Good luck, good luck. Yeah, thanks. Good luck to you too, because I had no idea you're you're going back to school. So uh, yep. yeah, yeah. Exciting things. Um, so you said you work at a wellness club and you do nutrition coaching and personal training as well. How long have you been doing that? Yeah, so I've been doing that for about oh, is it coming up on nine months already? Oh wow, about about eight or nine months now. So I gra- actually graduated from University of Wisconsin um, in. May. So I got my undergrad in kinesiology, exercise, movement, science, and then, yeah, didn't know really what to do, I guess, for my gap year, especially with COVID. A lot of things that I kind of like planned on doing were squashed. So just kind of applied to, you know, um, places around my area and landed that. And I I really like it. I've learned, honestly, so much. So it's been a good experience. I feel like that's a trend for us undergrad exercise science kinesiology people were all we always like we're going on to do something else afterwards because like whenever you get out with like the kinesiology or exercise science and in my case psychology too I'm like what the heck do I do with this like 
Like there, oh, yeah. are, there are amazing degrees and you learn so much, but it's kind of like you need like a next step too, to be able to actually get into like what you want to do. Um, yeah. I guess there's positives and negatives to that. It pushes you to educate yourself more. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, spend more money and everything oh. like that. So, oh. Or get into what you actually, actually want to do until years later. I, I found that that's been kind of the biggest struggle is like taking my, taking my own path with this and being okay with it. Like two of my like best friends and roommates, they were like, you know, business majors and had jobs like throughout like, you know, all of senior year for when they graduated, like, um, and everything like that. And I just felt like I kind of didn't have my life together as much. That makes sense. Even though I decided on myself, I was on, you know, I was on a different path. Like I was trying to go back to school and everything like that. Or Right. I, I can completely relate to that. Um, I mean, a lot of people that I lived with in undergrad, we were all kind of planning on going to graduate school, like to a couple of them are going to law school and stuff, but like being a science major, versus like a business where you can or like accounting or marketing or something like that where you can just kind of come out and get a get a job um I'm not gonna say it's easy because I know it's not easy to find a job for people that are those yeah. but like it's a different journey and, and like I yeah. feel like it's harder to find your passion in with like the stem classes and stuff like that but once you find your passion and what you really want to do that's when it's like okay I know exactly how to get there I just have more schooling to get there <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I was always like kind of pre-physical therapy um, throughout undergrad. So that's kind of part of the reason why I chose Kings as my major. Um, but then as I went on and then actually when I started personal training, I was like, oh, do I really want to go back to three more years of school or should I just keep doing this? But then, you know, as I started working, I kind of realized like, okay, I can do everything that I am doing now and more with a doctor to with a certification and you know just be more educated more um have higher credentials and everything yeah. it's it's getting you to that next level and like yeah. pay rate goes way up so it's like yeah it, it's just that next yeah. level so and everything. yeah yeah and it's good that you're getting that experience now and like getting that under your belt of working with pretty much your ideal clientele that you would probably be working with as a pt too um, so like, you're probably going to have a lot more experience than like your peers going into that, at, already having that experience working with those type of clients and patients and stuff. No, 100%. And I have the, the best coworkers who are so smart. They've been trainers for years or like over a decade. And, um, even just learning different corrective exercises from them has been super helpful. I've, and I've been kind of, I've been reviewing anatomy for a year. So hopefully that first semester won't, won't hit me too hard. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anatomy. That's, that's a doozy, especially like the anatomy and physiology part of things. I mean, uh, it's so fun to learn. Like I, for me, like I am such a memorization type person. I love memorizing things like that, like the muscles and stuff. But then mm -hmm. when it comes to the physiology side of things, that's what I'm like, holy crap, this is hard. Like, hold on. I yeah. need to actually sit down and like, it's a puzzle piece and to put it together. And I don't think yes. people, that people that don't study it don't really understand like how long it takes to actually learn that functioning of like one specific small part of the body. And that's only like 1% of it. And you have to go learn the rest of it too. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's, and so there's that part that you have to, you know, get down, memorize oh, origins and insertions. No, oh, thank you. After that test, I forgot it all. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember that from um, AMP2 at US, uh, USC. And yeah, that was not not a fun class for me. But like, you know, we made yeah. it through. It's okay. 
I'm sorry. I'm getting the chills. It's fine. <laughs> I'm having PTSD, but it's okay. <laughs> uh. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, you guys. Well, well, Olivia and I actually were, we were texting back and forth yesterday. We were like, what are we going to talk about today? Like, what is going to benefit you guys the most? And as you guys can kind of tell, we both have kind of busy lives. We're both students, soon to be a student again. And we're really just like on a mission to reach our goals. Um, and so we decided that it would be really good to talk about balance today um, because it's so we've had to learn our own way of balance and everyone's way is going to be very different for your own life. Um, but we kind of wanted to go into talking about what we used to do, what we do now, how we've created balance in our life, whether it's with food, exercise, studying, just anything lifestyle and creating balance because it can be so hard to fall into super one way or the other. Um, and so that's kind of the topic for today and what we're going to go into. Um, I, Olivia, I would love for you to tell your story um, to everyone listening. They pretty much probably have heard mine a hundred times by now. Um, so I'd really like for you to tell them yours if you're comfortable. Um, and you guys, I was talking with her yesterday and it's, it's, we've actually had very similar backgrounds in our way of thinking around food and fitness and stuff. Um, so that's why I really wanted to talk about this with her because you guys are going to get another perspective of it, which I think is awesome. Um, so yeah, you have the floor, take it away. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, my, I guess, journey, I started when I was in late high school. So I never had really body image issues or anything in high school. I was a, I was an athlete. I just, I really didn't, thankfully, I really didn't look in the mirror that much or, you know, like lift my shirt up and look at my stomach and everything like that. And then um, one day, one of my friends, which I don't know why he told me this, but he did. One of my friends told me that this other guy in our class said, oh, like Olivia is getting a gut. And I was probably just bloated that day, to be honest. But ever since then, I started to look at myself differently. It sounds dumb, like what one person said, but I still remember it today. Um, so ever since then, I was like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, start eating healthy, watching what I eat. Because I, I used to brag about, oh, I can eat whatever I want. Um, but then I was like, maybe I, maybe I can't. So I started kind of watching what I eat, ate, no more chips in my lunch and less sweets, things like that. Um, and I did get, you know, a little bit smaller um, just because I was kind of, you know, eating like crap and then eating like, okay. Um, but then all of a sudden I started to get a bit like obsessed with that. I saw a little progress and which is, which is good in a sense, but it just kind of got a little bit out of control. So I started that summer after high school will end it. I started exercising, you know, a lot more on my own, which was just like running on the treadmill and doing like leg exercises that I knew from soccer. I didn't really know what I was doing that much. Then I was counting my calories and I truly didn't know that it was restrictive at the time, but I was eating like 1200 calories. Um, I just thought that that's what I needed to do. I had no energy, but I thought that that's what was part of the process. Um, and, and even that's just like, I feel like everyone starts, whatever you do, go into like restrictive eating like that. Like mm -hmm. no one knows, like, because there's so much misinformation out there. So you probably yes. think that you were doing exactly what you needed to do. Um, yeah, well, eating those, yeah, exactly. And when you start seeing progress too, it's like, that's kind of addictive. 
um, in a good way and a bad way. But like when you see that progress, you're like, I want more. So therefore you yeah. keep doing what you're doing or go even more restrictive to get, get it faster. No, exactly. And it, it's such a fine line. I find this is also kind of like difficult to coach and difficult to preach because you want people to see results and you want people to be motivated off their results, but then not too much because then it leads into a negative cycle. So I think it all comes back to kind of like being aware um, in your own like mind, like where you're at, like self-reflecting. Is it like ruining your social life? Is it like consuming your mind all day, you know, like it's good to have these goals and everything, but as long as you can kind of still live your life as well. Yeah. I, um, love, I love that you brought up the, do what? Go for it. I was just going to say, I, I don't know if that's like what you found also, oh. like with your and everything, but 100%. Yeah. And I yeah. love that you brought up the, like that you made the comment that it's like consuming your thoughts and stuff. Cause like, I can remember for myself personally, especially in college when I was like in the midst of my eating disorder, like I never thought it like when you're in the middle of an eating disorder, like people who've had eating disorders can relate and stuff, but like you don't recognize it as what it is. You just yeah. it as like, that's the way you are. And like, you're being healthy and you're doing what you should be doing because like you, you mentally are sick and like, you don't understand that like, this is not healthy and this is like bad for your physical health and your mental health. But I can right. remember constantly talking about my next meal or being obsessed oh, yes. Yes. with food. Like I, this is so like, um, I honestly don't know if I've ever said this on my podcast before, but, um, so here's some new facts for you guys about my, my previous stories and stuff. But like, I used to watch people eating food on YouTube. Like I was obsessed with just like mukbangs and stuff like that <laughs> because I wasn't, I wasn't allowing myself to do that. So I was getting satisfaction out of like watching someone else eat the food. Um, I would also used to cook meals just to cook. And then I would throw it away just to like, be able to have like that, like food interaction, but like not actually consuming it. And I can remember my mom like saying to me, like, and she was like very unaware about like what was going on behind the scenes when I wasn't like at my parents' house. But like, I would constantly be talking about like, if it was nighttime, I'd be talking about what I was going to have for breakfast. If it was breakfast, like during my meal at breakfast, I would be talking about what I was going to have for a snack or lunch. And like, if I was going to have it, did I have it most of the time? No, I restricted myself from it, but I would talk about wanting to have it. And it was constantly yeah. in my brain about food. And it was always like high caloric foods that like, I most likely couldn't even eat because of my celiac, like donuts or like something that was just like so super high in calories that like my body was craving food because my blood sugar was so low. Like that's really what it was. Um, but like, I couldn't even eat the foods that I was craving because of my allergy, but like my body was just like, oh my gosh, like it's consuming my thoughts because that's what my body needed, but I wasn't allowing it to have it. So I love that you brought that up about like just being yeah. kind of obsessed with it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's a big another um, like mis misconstrued sort of thing with eating disorders. Like yes, binging and everything, people would associate that with being obsessed with food. Um, but when it flips the switch, if like anorexia, people see it as being like food avoidant and stuff. But in reality, yeah. um, most people are still very uh, addicted and obsessed with food, even with anorexia, but in a different way. Like kind of how I was saying, yeah. like finding it in different areas, like watching videos or throwing it away after cooking it and things along yeah, those lines. Yeah. And see, I think it gets dangerous when you don't realize like that what you're doing is oh my God. Yeah. Like, unhealthy for you. I actually 
I got to a point also where I was, I would like eat a piece of chocolate and then like not throw it up, but I would spit it out. I wouldn't allow myself to swallow it because I'm like, oh, I'm getting that satisfaction from having it on my tongue. And then I would literally spit it out in in the in the garbage and I didn't want to keep it in my mouth for too long because I knew that saliva has digestive enzymes and I didn't want to digest any of it that's how and I don't want to call it myself crazy because you know it was a disordered way of thinking but that's how like I totally thought that that was okay and that was fine All like right. I would even I would do it and I would do it in front of my parents and they'd be like oh Olivia like they didn't really realize like again like you said like what was going on I know my dad said to me a couple times like you're not eating like you're probably not eating enough like 1200 calories that's not enough I was like dad I'm five feet tall like this is what calorie calculator.com said like this is what I need to eat like yeah and I was like fine you don't understand you don't get it but no he was actually he was right your parents are (laughs) usually right (laughs) yeah no yeah. yeah and I love like the fact that you brought up that you're like only five feet tall, like you're, you're, you are petite, you're a small human. Um, I'm five, seven. I require like a lot more than that. Right. So, but like my mom is also very short. Like she's very petite. Um, I think she's like five, two, five, three. She, she'll probably mm-hmm. think she's five, four, but like, I don't think she is. <laughs> <You're okay>. um, <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm, sure I'm sorry, but you're not five, four. Um, <laughs> but she like, we used to always like kind of discuss whenever we, I was trying to like, find, like figuring out what was proper for my body. And we were like actually working on like getting me to feel my body properly. Um, it was like a big, like mis- misconception thing about height difference and stuff. And it's like, yes, but our bodies still function and burn calories. And like, I'm like me and you are both sitting still on a couch right now, like recording this, but like, we're still burning calories. Like our lungs are working, our heart is pumping, there's blood rushing through, we're breathing, like our digestive system is working, like that does burn calories. Therefore, like you're constantly like, like if you don't move all day, it doesn't mean you don't eat, right? Like you still need to consume yeah. calories. Um, so yeah, that's like one side of the spectrum where like we've both been on the super restrictive low end of things. Um, so like balance when it comes to food. Let's kind of like dive into that a little bit. Um, so I'll let you go first with like a couple tips or anything that you have. And then like, I'll chime in. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say that eating, um, I try to have a balanced or every meal is balanced. So meaning I try to have a carb, preferably have some fiber in those carbs or say I'm having a non-fibrous carb, then I have like a vegetable or something. Um, and then I'll have a source of protein, preferably lean protein, and then a source of healthy fat as well. So I try to, before I like eat my meal, or I guess before I cook, I'm like, okay, like, how can I make this balance? So actually a lot of um, like clients will come up to me and they'll be like, oh, like, but I love pasta. Like I love pasta. So I can't have pasta anymore. I'm like, Oh, yes, you can. I have pasta all the time. I had pasta yesterday. Um, so I would say just adjusting what you already eat to make it fit your goals. So example, pasta, say you're say you are trying to, you know, lose weight or just eat healthier and more balanced. Instead of having a big bowl of pasta um, with red sauce, and like that's it. That's pretty much all carbs, right? So yeah, like that'll fill you up, but um, it's not necessarily balanced. So I would say, okay, maybe cut that into like three fourths or in half and then add like turkey meatballs or add grilled chicken and then add veggies or spinach. So you're getting, you know, those micronutrients as well. That's super important. And then 
adding a little bit of, I don't know, like nutritional yeast or um, cheese for a little more, you know, healthier fats or something like that, as long as it's not too processed. But yeah, yeah. I like, seriously, you guys like switch your mindset when it comes to food. I, that's like my biggest tip. It's like, just flip the switch because whenever you talk about starting to eat healthy and stuff like that, so many, many people tend to focus on what you need to take out of your diet reality flip it and think about what you can add to it so I love your pasta example because like you have this bowl of pasta right like you can still have that pasta let's just add some spinach mushrooms onions peppers anything like that there you go there's a bunch of veggies in there and it's going to make it taste way more flavorful add some Mm -hmm. protein whether it's meat um tofu shrimp like really anything that you want awesome there's some protein and there you go you have a balanced plate if you want to add some um some fats, like you said, some cheese, or even if you have like, you can do like a vodka sauce, like a pink vodka sauce or a cream sauce or something to be higher in fat. Um, and there you go. You have a pasta balanced dish and it's so easy to get in that negative mindset about like taking away, Oh, I can't have this. I can't have that. I can't have this. And it's like, that's not the truth. Like I always tell my girls, like all of my clients know that like, if you want margaritas and tacos on a Tuesday night, you can have those margaritas and tacos on a Tuesday night and we can make it work. It's just all about adding in those other sources of extra good nutritious food to help you have that balance and really satisfy what your body needs, not only your cravings, but also what your body needs. Yes, exactly. And I think with your taco and margarita example, um, even if like, say, you know, you're going out for, you know, tacos and margs or something like that. I mean, you know, that's going to be probably like, you know, higher carb, higher sugary, like meal. Um, and again, it's getting to a point where you don't want it to let, like, you don't want it to consume your, your thoughts. But sometimes if I know I'm having a meal that'll be like a bit more imbalanced, then I'll try to balance my meals earlier in the day. So like, maybe I won't have like, oatmeal and a bunch of fruit and a bunch of pasta like really really higher carb in the beginning of the day because I know I'm going to be eating more higher carb at night so maybe doing like like a um a scramble or something like that like in the morning just to so not only balancing out each meal uh, but balancing out my meals throughout the day balancing out my days right 100% I agree with that and also like don't save up your calories like save up make sure you're fueling your body like up until the point when you're going out because I promise you guys like if you make sure you're properly fueled up until that big meal or like for example like a lot of people on Thanksgiving they're like oh I'm not eating today because like we have Thanksgiving dinner like you only eat because you know like you eat more on typically right um but if you actually fuel yourself all the way up until whenever that bigger meal is or like drinks with friends and stuff like that you will actually find that you won't want to overeat or consume or eat past fullness. Like you will be satisfied and you'll be like, Oh wow. Like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. I can have it again another time. Like it's not my last, like all or nothing mindset sort of thing. Like it's not my last time having this. I'm allowed to have it because I mean, it's food and my body needs food. Um, but I'm satisfied because I've fueled myself up through the entire day and therefore you can feel good about it. You won't feel crampy and stuffed and stuff after your meal. And there won't be any guilt, which like there should never be any guilt with food anyways, but you won't feel guilty about like, 
oh, finishing that entire plate and some chips and three margaritas, you know, like you'll feel very satisfied and content with your decision to stop. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's huge. And I think letting go of the idea of like being perfect. And this goes for like any of the topics oh, yeah. that we talk about um, throughout this week. Cause I used to be like so hard on myself whenever I was trying to like transition back into better eating and stuff. Like if I had like a, a relapse, so to say, and I like binged one night or something, like I would get really down on myself. Um, but again, like we're human beings y'all, like we are not perfect. And the fact that we put ourselves on like such high pedestals and like expect ourselves to be perfect is just ridiculous. Um, like we don't expect that from anyone else. So like, why are we trying to make ourselves do that? Um, and this, like, we can kind of transition this into like working out too, but like if you eat healthy all week and then like on Saturday you go to brunch and like, don't really like care. It's like that, that is okay. Like, I know there's so many people that are like, oh my gosh, I go crazy on the weekends. There's no self-control and stuff. But like, if you actually tune into your body and like you're aware of it and you know like oh okay I'm actually just like not gonna really care I'm gonna go have fun with my friends that's what's most important right now like that's balance y'all like it's it's okay um it's right. working out like for me personally like I love working out in the mornings because like my apartment that I live in it's like a freaking frat house sometimes and like you guys listening to that like I live in an undergrad apartment building and it's so if I go down there in the afternoon, it's literally like a frat house. And so I avoid like all people by going down at like six o'clock in the morning. And I love that. I love my me time and I get, I get it done this morning. For example, though, there was like a freaking tornado. I don't know what's happening outside my, my apartment, but it was like crazy storms and stuff. I rolled over and you know, like those slow mornings where it's just like rain's hitting the window and like, you just don't really want to move. And all I could think about was just like a chill morning on my couch with coffee. And so therefore I let go of that, like, oh, my perfect fitness routine. I have to go down at 6 a.m. I let go of that and was like, my body doesn't want to do that right now. I want to relax and have a slow morning. And I allowed myself to have that. And I'm okay with that. Rather than being yeah. rather than being hard on myself and being like, oh, like you're terrible because you didn't go down and do your workout this morning. Like, I know I'll get something in. I'll go do a workout like after this recording or something like that. I'll get it in. Um, but it's like letting go of that idea of being so perfect with your routine and the foods that you're eating and the type of workouts that you're doing. Yeah. And I think this comes into a little bit of like imposter syndrome, which is something that I've, you know, I've kind of actually had issues with this recently is that if I, yeah, if I, um, you know, do something that's not, you know, the healthiest thing ever, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I either need to post that I'm doing this so that I don't like look like a fraud on my, you know, on my Instagram, on my TikTok, or I need to, you know, but I need to remember to just like, be okay with it. Like the other night, like I went out for, you know, a drink with um, one of my girlfriends and then we came back and all of a sudden we were like just chatting and I was eating, mindlessly eating taco dip and we, we finished a lot of it. And then the next morning I felt so gross. Like, cause I don't eat too much dairy usually. And I, I felt disgusting. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I need to like post up my story that like I ate a lot of taco dip. Otherwise people are going to think that like, you know, I had a super balanced, like day yesterday when I didn't and I was like you know what no I don't like I don't need to prove to anyone that I'm like super healthier that I'm super normal because I think that that like that's an issue in and of itself as well on social media um which is actually kind of something I also want to talk about a little bit is that like you see like I would always get really upset I used to when I would see like um 
a girl or a Instagram model who's like really, really thin, like eating a donut, like, or something on her page. I'm like, Oh, shut up. Like you don't eat that all the time or something like that. But then it also gets into the mindset where it's like, Oh, okay. This person who's like super skinny can eat that. Like, so can I, and it's like, okay, yes, but also like everything in moderation. So I feel like that comes like, that's an issue as well. Um, intuitive, intuitive eating also like versus counting macros, I think is also a big issue. I feel like people are like, Oh, like one way over the other. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Yes. Like let's, I, uh, let's, sorry, hang here, let's hang out here with this topic for a second. Cause I love where this yeah. is going. Um, cause I get comments on my, my meal prep Monday posts all the time and it drives me nuts. But like, I reply to them very nicely and stuff. And I'm like, this is what works for me personally. Like all this stuff, because I've been posting my meal prep Mondays, like since like January when I got back to school and I knew like, okay, what comments are you getting? Oh, like, oh, I thought you intuitively eat it. Like this oh. intuitively eating, like you're going back on like what you're saying and things like that. And so like when I came back in January to Auburn, I was like, this is my last semester. I have a crap ton of work to do. I have a couple difficult classes. I have a comprehensive exam for those of you guys listening. It's like an exit exam. That's pretty much like, here's to give me a two hour presentation on your master's research and you either graduate or not. So like there's some yeah. stressful events going on this semester and my nutrition by legs coaching business was taking off surgeons planning new launches. Like everything is crazy. And so I was like, in order for me to feel my body properly, I am going to have to prep my food at the beginning of the week so that I don't forget to eat. Because I'm one of those people that if I get too busy and too like overworked and stuff, food is like out of sight, out of mind. And yes, yeah. I am a nutri nutrition coach. I'm studying nutrition. So like I'm constantly thinking about nutrition and food and stuff because it's my work. Doesn't yeah. mean that I constantly have the time to cook it and put it into my mouth. So therefore I prep my meals and I get these comments all the time. That's like, okay, you prep, but like, that's not intuitively eating. And my mom's even asked me that before too. And like, I kind of get where it comes from because people think like, okay, you're portion sizing out and like everything like that. But like, I'm really not like, I'm kind of just like cooking it and then like putting it together into like the size that I would normally have. Um, yeah. people don't see all the time, unless I'm posting like a, what I eat in a day or something. But what people don't see is that sometimes I don't eat everything that I prepped. Sometimes yeah. I have a bar on top of what I prepped or I um, didn't eat what I prepped and I went and got Chipotle or something like that. Like if I had time, so people see what I'm prepping. Yes. And most of the weeks, so do I try to just stick to it because it's the easiest for me? Yeah. Yeah. But really not wanting that. Or if I'm really wanting something else and I'm hungry on top of that, I allow myself to have that. And I actually ask myself like, okay, what am I wanting? Is it sweet, savory? Like I go through like my questions in my head to like figure yeah. that out. That's intuitive eating. And so many people see that just because I prep, I'm like, just cause I prep doesn't mean anything. That just means like my life is busy as heck. And this is what I need yeah. to get through the week. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, it's not like you're, you know, strictly like weighing everything out and like, you know, you have to, you have to eat like this certain portion. Like I'm sure like, say you didn't want to finish it or say you were still hungry that you would continue, you know, to eat, but it's just like, it's literally just like packing your lunch for the next day. Like it's just, it's being prepared. And honestly, that's also how you see, see progress and maintain your goals. You need to be prepared. So that's actually, that's one of my biggest, my biggest tips. Like, right. Oh, like I was running around. So I went and grabbed like, 
you know, whatever, like fast food or like food from the, from the um, grocery store or something. It's like, personally for me, and this probably comes from just a history of like um, disordered eating and kind of like obsessed over food. If I like, if I'm about to leave, I will either um, eat beforehand. Like, is there food? at the function that I'm going to, will I be back in time to get food, you know, just kind of like properly feeling my body so I don't get stuck in a situation where I need to like eat something that's like makes me feel really bad because I also have like kind of digestive issues so that like yeah. also stems from there also. No, I can relate to that because of my celiac. So like I always have to like kind of prep because I'm like, I don't know what the situation is. And like for my close friends and stuff that know whenever we go places, like I always have like an RX bar or something in my bag because I know that like, if I get somewhere and I can't have it, like I'm going to get overly hungry. And when I get overly hungry and my blood sugar gets too low, that's when like my ED kind of starts popping back in. And that's when like the binging thoughts and things like that come back in. Cause I'm so hungry. So if yes. I have something on me that helps me from getting to that point, I mean, there you go. You're fueling your body properly. It's going to do what you need to do, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, and so like, yes, intuitive eating is, you know, it's like a great method, especially like for people with a history of like, you know, disordered eating, but also like if you like basically, and this might be a hot take, but if you can handle it, counting your macros is not a terrible thing to do. It actually can kind of help people to realize what a balanced meal is so i feel like a lot of people don't realize that many influencers fitness and nutrition gurus out there like they tracked once before they tracked calories they tracked macros so when they intuitively eat they generally know how much they're eating how much protein how many calories so it's like right yes you can intuitive eat but with i feel like it's better to intuitive eat if you already have a mindset or you already have knowledge of like what's a healthy fat carb protein is this a balanced meal or not 100% and I like that's why because like when I first started like my health journey kind of started like I was on a meal plan from like one of my health coaches and like that's kind of what got me into like wanting to help other people get to where I am now today because that's the process that I came through like I started off tracking everything like I had a meal plan with calories mainly macros i didn't really focus on the calories as much it was mainly the macros um and i did it for so long that now i know what a balanced plate for me looks like so therefore when i'm putting food together it's not like i'm weighing out measuring and stuff but i know what i should be having for my body properly and so therefore like it's easy for me to throw those things together and to still have like any of the kind of food that i want i can just make it work for me um, and so that's why the way I coach my clients too, like we start off on a meal plan, unless you really are like telling me like, I just want to learn how to intuitively eat. We'll go straight into mm-hmm. that. But most people come to me, they have health goals. They want to lose some weight. They want to gain muscle. They want to um, hit better PRs in the gym. And that requires like more mo- muscle strength and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, so we start off with like focusing on macros and also like teaching them like what that means because so many people can throw a number at you and not tell you what that means. Um, yep. So we really kind of focus on that. And then like now I'm coming towards like the third month with like some of my girls and they're like, okay, can we start to like transition into intuitive eating like after this month? So it's like, awesome. So, <laughs> excuse me, choking on myself. But um, so like focusing a little bit on figuring out what your body needs and what that actually means, and then slowly starting to transition and implement intuitive eating actions and thoughts 
that's like the best, like, it's like a win-win situation. Honestly, that's, yeah, that's, per- that's perfect. Yeah. And so many, so many people look at tracking calories and macros, um, which like tracking calories is a little more in, in my opinion, than macros, um, but macros is such a bad thing. And it's like, it's not, as long as you're looking at it in a, in the right mindset and you're looking at it in a way to like, okay, I'm learning how to, what my body really needs. Cause my body is different than your body and your body is different than my body. Yeah. No, 100%. And I even see it's, that's why it's kind of like difficult being on this, you know, platform sometimes, because again, every, like everyone is different. Like macros could be great and super successful for some people, but like it could be detrimental for others. Like I found that for myself, um, this was a few years ago. I was trying to, you know, get back on track with, you know, my fitness and health goals and everything. So I like stopped, I stopped like counting the calories at like you know, um, when I was eating 1200 calories and then I just kind of did like intuitive eating for a little bit. Didn't like how I looked again, again, for me, it used to be all about aesthetic. Now I'm more about performance goals and how I feel. Um, but also that was like a journey in and of itself. Um, but then I started to count, um, my macros. So I had someone calculate, like just a friend of mine, he calculated it for me. And then, but I, I'm super competitive. So it was like, it was good at first. And I learned a lot from it and I saw a lot of results. However, I got to a point where, uh, if I didn't hit my macros perfectly, if I went like five grams over on fat, or if I was like, you know, say I was like stuffed for the day and I was like 30 grams under on carbs, I would like shove something in my mouth just to like hit it perfectly, which also that's, that's unhealthy as well. And I, I knew I had, to, I knew I had to stop when actually I, I've actually never said this. I, yeah, I've never said this on my platform. Um, but I got to a point where I was so, so I was in bed. I was so, so hungry um, it was like midnight. I was, I refused to get a snack. Then it was like 2am. I was still awake. I finally went downstairs to get a snack. I was going to have, you know, a piece of like deli turkey or something. And there was like leftover like gnocchi in the fridge. I ate like just, you know, a regular size bowl of it. I felt so guilty about it. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I just ruined all my progress. I went to the bathroom and I tried to make myself throw up. Yeah. And I was like, I stopped myself before I could. And I was like, like what? I was just sitting there and I thought like, what are you doing? Like, and why are you doing this? So like ever since then, I kind of, you know, I stopped, I stopped tracking macros, but I still have that, you know, general, general knowledge where I, I will still weigh out like certain um, foods and do portions that way. But I kind of like know what I need. And then if I'm still hungry, I will continue to eat. If I'm full before I meet, my supposed goal, I'll stop. And that's, so I kind of do a half and half thing. So I find that works well for me. For sure. And that's some things that I tell my clients too. I'm like, y'all, if you're like, yes, your plan is built for you, but one day you might feel like, oh my gosh, I just can't eat all of this. And that is okay. And like next day you might feel like, oh my gosh, I need to eat more. And so many people think of it as like, I have to be perfect each single day. But if you look at the days of the week, one day you might be up here and you ate more and one day you might eat less. And then one day you might have it hit on point. And when you look at an average throughout the week, yes. <laughs> it's not day by day. Like, again, it's all about balance up and down middle. Like, so whenever you're hitting your goals on a weekly basis, which most people do, and they don't even realize it just because of what your body needs and what it's telling you. Um, it's, it's, you're going to hit your goals. One meal is not going to ruin it. And like, I promise you it's not like, 
it, two meals, three meals, it's not going to ruin it. Like you're going to be fine. One whole day is not going to ruin it. Um, and no, if you one go one day yourself, is like over 3000 calories, right. And like, oh. if you weigh yourself the next day after you ate way more and you're like up five pounds, I promise you it's not fat. Like it's water, water. retention and everything like that. Um, so I promise you, it's not going to ruin your progress. And I love that you brought up that you were up at like 2 AM thinking about it. Cause you were so hungry. You guys uh-huh. going to bed hungry is worse than eating at like 12 o'clock at night. Like going yeah. to bed hungry is going to affect your sleep patterns. As you said, you were up at two and everyone knows if you don't get enough sleep, it's going to affect your health journey and your weight loss and stuff. Cause your body needs that proper sleep to function. So it's better to have a snack late at night. 2 a.m. if you need to, to be able to get to sleep so that you can get that seven to eight hours. Because so many people are so confused as to how like um, eating better, like, or not eating when you're hungry at night hurts your health goals. And I'm like, it's because it affects your sleep. It has nothing to do with the actual food going into your body affecting you. It has Mm -hmm. to do with your sleep progress um, because your sleep is such a big, a huge thing that has to do with any progress. Like literally so many people come to me and they're like, I'm doing everything right. Like, what am I doing wrong? It's like, how much water are you drinking? How many hours of sleep are you getting? And like those two things that people don't think about, but it's like, they could literally hold you back from all of your goals if you aren't hitting those. Exactly. Yeah. And I found so water for me is kind of difficult to hit just because I'm like running around with clients like all day. Like I'm kind of on my, I'm on my feet all the time right now. So I found that what works for me and especially wearing a mask, I feel like I can't just like grab my water and chug it. I don't know why it seems like a barrier. It's not, I can literally take it down and drink it, but it just, I just forget about it then. So something that works for me is that I'll put um, a full water bottle right next to my um, bed. And then before I check any of my notifications on my phone, when I wake up, I'll try to chug like at least half that water. Cause if you think about it, you're sleeping for like you know, hopefully eight hours in the day, you're getting dehydrated. Imagine not drinking or eating for eight hours throughout your regular day. Granted, you're not moving around as much, but a lot of people, when they feel groggy in the morning, it's like, oh, I need my coffee. It's like, try drinking water first. You'll be surprised at how energized you actually feel. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I started implementing my tips. (laughs) No, I started implementing that into my like health journey a couple years ago where like, my like I will fill up water and like I, I've always slept with like water by my side which I feel like most people do um but like I've always filled up like a huge thing of water and put it at my bedside table and normally like I get in bed and I don't really touch that until the morning but I'm more putting it there not for like if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm thirsty but like so whenever I get up I don't have to fix it it's right there and I can just grab it and like finish my cup of water and then I go get my coffee Um, and so many people think like, okay, yeah, coffee is made from water and then like coffee beans, like it's the same thing I'm hydrating. It's like, no, coffee's a diuretic. It's going to make you pee and lose even more water. Um, so make sure you're having your water before your coffee. Um, and then obviously like throughout the day and stuff, but the key for water is half of your body weight in ounces. Um, so that's like minimum. And then when you're working out even more, so just when in doubt, drink it out because you can't like. Some people are like, can you drink too much water, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, it's possible, but like it would take a lot of water. It would, it would yeah. be hard to do that. Yeah. I feel you need to try to do that. Yeah. And I feel like even if you were trying, it'd still be really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, along with, so that's, there's some other like balancing tips when it comes to like, not even like your food, like with your lifestyle habits and stuff too. 
Um, oh, yeah. So why don't we go into, I know before Olivia was asking me, she was like, you're so busy all the time. Like how, like, how do I balance my life? <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sure you're, you're about to be in the same position, like going back to school and stuff too. So um, yeah. I actually talked about this on a podcast that I recorded yesterday with um, another guy, MT at Metric Mate, And he asked me this question and I thought it was kind of funny that you mentioned it before we started recording too. I was like, you know, I never really thought about it. Like I kind of just do it. Um, yeah. but it, for me, I do better when my life is busy. Um, I know some people don't, but for me, like I get bored very easily. Um, and when I get bored, I get in my own head. I, all puppies are now. First dog guess. I love it. <laughs> Whenever I'm, I am not busy and I get bored is when I get in my own head. And for everyone, like everyone knows, like I struggle with anxiety and like my thoughts really get to me when I'm by, and I live by myself right now at school. So like if I'm by myself, like my thoughts and if I'm not keeping myself busy. So that's why like, I feel like I do put so much, I guess, air quote pressure on myself to always be doing something. But then again, like it's my passion too. It's like what I love. I don't really see this as work. Um, it's just fun to me. I mean, school on the other hand kind of feels like work right now because I'm so over it, but I, I have to learn to prioritize my time and stuff too. Like I mentioned before, I like getting up early in the morning and doing my workout because I know like most of the time, most days, that's like the only time I can do a workout. Um, so therefore like I prioritize that school. I know I do my school stuff closer in the morning. Most days, um, Mondays, today's are my podcast. All the other days it's like, okay, I'm going to do school and get whatever I need to do for school done before yeah. I do any of my NPL health coaching surgery, anything like that. Um, right. so I really just time manage is like a huge thing and balancing, um, work life balance. Um, that one, honestly, I'm not the best at probably, I'm probably not the one you want to ask. I probably want to ask someone else about that. Um, yeah. but when it comes to my like social life, I really, I like, I feel like I put my nose to the grindstone and grind so much during the week that I know that like, okay, this is my work week, get it done. So you can have fun with your friends on the weekend. And yeah. like, I like it, it's all about prioritizing. Like that's like my big key word for like this topic right here is making sure you're putting first what needs to come first so that you can do the things you want. Exactly. Yeah. And I would say, um, cause a lot of people, like, I love how you said that you, you know, you know, you probably won't have time throughout the day to work out. So you'll, you know, you'll get it done at 6am. Um, yeah, maybe like not everyone like, you know, can do or can, can work out, um, in the middle of the day. But I think what's worked for me as well is like putting times that you can work out into your planner. Like I am like, my planner is my Bible to me. I am like such a pen and paper person. Um, so I remember when I was still and under it's easier now cause I literally work at a gym. So if I'm between clients, I can work out thankfully, but in undergrad, I would write down like gym four to five thirty or something like make like block out a time so that I know like, like it's another class or like it's a meeting or something like, yeah. just so I know, um, that like I'm doing it then so that instead of saying like, Oh, I'm going to go to the gym later today and then just keep pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off. Cause you can keep, if you have nothing to do, you can keep yourself busy for the whole day. If you really want to, you really could. And I'm the same way, like, like I'm the same way, my calendar and agenda, like I, I think like I would be more lost without my calendar and agenda than like my phone. Like I need oh, yeah. 
Like I need it. And I'm the same way I schedule everything. Like I, and I've always been like that, even since undergrad, like in undergrad, I'm not even kidding you. I would put my naps in my Google calendar. Like I would yeah. have a nap break. Cause like I, yeah. like I would be able to nap in undergrad, like between classes, it feels so weird. I can't nap at all anymore. I posted on my story the other day. Like I literally just, my body won't let me, but yeah. I literally block everything out. And especially now that I'm like a co-founder of an active work company too. And I share a calendar with my co-founder. So it's like, if I don't block something out, a meeting could pop up there where I was like trying to go to the, like to the gym, but I didn't put it in there and block out that time. And then like a meeting yeah. up and I'm like, Oh crap. Now I have to get on this meeting and can't go to the gym because I didn't block it out for myself. Um, yeah. so yeah. And like I have, I use Google calendar as well as like a written agenda as well as notebooks with to-do lists. Like everything like if y'all know me like if I don't write it down I'll forget it um so I write everything down but yeah definitely and even like blocking out time for yourself like that's a big thing for me too that like I'm I'm learning I'm slowly learning because like my life has gotten way busier in the past few months than it's ever been before um so I'm slowly learning to like block out me time and even if it's just like I'll like on my google calendar I'll put like off or me time. Like it doesn't have to say exactly what I want to do, but I know that like I have the freedom to kind of like do whatever in that time. If I don't want to do anything and I want to watch Bravo TV, I can do that. But like, if I want to go play tennis with a friend or something, like that, I have that time to do it. And I know that it's not going to get taken over by like other meetings. Um, so I think that's huge is like keeping it like agenda and calendar and prioritizing certain things. Yeah, I can, I can, I could definitely learn from you in that way because I find that I found that I was so, so busy in undergrad where I really didn't have time to, um, I guess like have like me time or anything like that, like except for like the weekends, but it would be just kind of a cycle of like, okay, like Saturday was like, you know, hanging out with friends or doing like whatever or like grocery shopping or whatever I needed to do. Then Sunday was like back to homework. And now I'm, I'm still busy, but I find that when doing like Instagram and TikTok stuff and other um, like kind of projects that I'm working on. Um, I find that when I do have free time, it's not like shut off time. It's like, okay, like what can I like, like there's always something to work on. Right. So it's like, what can I like do? Like say I'm thinking about, you know, like coming out with like an ebook. I'm like, okay, let me try to like, you know, like start working on that or let me like, program like workouts for myself or like intricately like plan my meals and like why am I like why am I doing that why am I creating you know more work for myself because I need to feel busy like so again something I've been doing is like I've been trying to have like I've never been someone to like set goals for the month but I've been trying to do that more recently like February's goal was rowing 60,000 meters on like the rowing machine um and then this month I'm gonna either like meditate or read or do yoga twice a week. So again, instead of just vaguely saying, and this is also like a tip to kind of how to, you know, help reach your goals in a sustainable manner. So I'm trying to like, I've recently developed like, like I wouldn't say like, I haven't developed like anxiety disorder, but just like feeling anxious about life. Like I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh, I have like so much stuff to do. So like trying to, um, again, trying to like bring myself back to that, balance I'm trying to find you know smaller steps that I can I guess measure instead of just saying like okay I'm going to meditate um I'll write in my planner like meditate you know meditate twice a week but then it'll be like Monday night and then like Wednesday night and then I'll force myself to like have to be able to check it off in order to do it because me if I don't cross something off my list I get upset <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Too. I, I saw, um, I actually had to watch a video from in class. I'm pretty sure where I saw it. And it was talking about how like 
we as humans love dopamine hits. Um, <laughs> whether it comes from picking up our phone and just touching our phone or being interaction with another human being, or for some people, unfortunately it'd be drugs and alcohol and things like that. But like we get dopamine hits in like so many different ways. Um, and literally crossing off a to-do list is one of those ways. Like like, something that's not even on my to-do list that like, I remember that I have to do and I already complete it. I will write it on my to-do list just to cross it off. Oh, I'm I'm the same way. Yes. (laughs) Like, but it makes me feel so good. And it's like, look at all of this stuff I've gotten accomplished. And it just like, I don't know, for me, like just crossing it off, even if it's not on there, I have to write it on there and then recross it off. And like, yeah, it's just, it's, it makes me feel good. <laughs> exactly. And you know, like, honestly, like whatever works, if you, if you like, don't like, if you hate a written planner or Google calendars and you're like, I just remember everything and I'm fine. Like good for you. Like, I wish I could be like that, but I can't. Exactly. Yeah, more time, yeah. because my brain does not work like that. Like it's just, all, and if, I feel like if I don't write it down too, sometimes I like overwork my brain because I'm afraid of forgetting yeah. So therefore, like, I know that I just need to write it down so like, I can just like, let it go out of my head, like, because I know it will go out of my head. And that's why I'm constantly thinking about it because I'm trying not to forget it. But if I write it down, I don't have to worry about it because it's there on paper and I'll remember it later. Exactly. Yeah. So then actually, I have a question for you. Do you ever feel guilty when you are prioritizing one thing over another or I guess feeling like feeling overwhelmed and how do you deal with that because I feel like everyone should think that like oh like school is like always like main priority and then you know like work and play is second but also like if your work if your school is going to help your work like which do you prioritize like and how do you deal with it yeah so recently I've actually kind of struggled with this and I'm like implementing certain things to help me deal with that But like, I enjoy my work so much and I enjoy building Nutrition by Lex and Surgeon and everything like that so much that I, it's very easy for me to put that in front of school and just like push school to the side. Um, But while right now, like I have two months left to finish my master's degree, like I'm so close, like I have to put school first, like that has to be a priority to me. Um, So I work from home. Everything I do is on a computer and I'm constantly in this apartment working from home. Um, I actually have booked out certain library times to go and do school in those library times because I think it's a setting thing for me. Um, When I'm here, I associate it with work and like my me time because that's what I enjoy and it's my apartment. So therefore I associate those together. Um, But whenever I go out to the study room at my apartment or I go to the library, I associate those with school. Um, So I feel like a change of setting really helps me. Um, now actually getting my butt out of my apartment to go do that is the hard part. Same with like going to the gym for some people, like getting out and getting there is the hard part. Um, the library is like the hard part. Um, but whenever I do like book a study room or something, like it's easier to get there because I know like, okay, that study room's booked for me. Um, and again, that comes with planning, like being at a huge university like Auburn, like I have to plan to book study rooms in advance because they get booked up, like they get taken. Oh yeah. Um, oh my god yeah it's it's crazy and so I have to plan to do that and I think that disassociating my apartment from school like I have for so long now because I it's like I love working on work here like everything surrounded by me is work um and Mm -hmm. so I think separating those two and getting different elements of like workspaces for school versus work helped me a lot um 
And I don't know, we're going to see if it helps in the future and like in the next couple months, hopefully they do. Um, but I went out to the study room in my apartment. Like they've got really like quiet study rooms and stuff this past weekend. Um, I think it was like Friday night I was out there and I got so much schoolwork done and didn't even think about touching Instagram. I didn't think about checking yeah. email for work or anything like that, which normally I would hear like, I would be planning another like program or something if I was sitting in here, like something that I do not need to be doing right now. Like, yes, I'm the same way. Right? Like it's, it's it, fun stuff. <laughs> exactly. It could wait, it could wait like two years if it really wanted to. Like it, it yeah. like would just, I would do it to procrastinate school because I would be associating this area with work. Um, so I think right. definitely getting like your zones of where you do certain things. Like also for me, like I never work in my bed or do schoolwork in my bed. Like I know so many people can sit in their bed and do schoolwork and stuff. Uh -huh. I associate my bed with sleep. Like the only thing I do in my bed is sleep. I don't sit and write in my bed. Like I get up in the morning and I come to my couch. If I want to like journal or anything like that, I make my bed. And like, I only associate that with sleep. Cause if I don't, I'll get in bed and my brain won't think, oh, okay, it's time to sleep. It's time to start turning down. It'll think, oh, okay, let's start working your brain because you normally work here anyways. Um, yeah, no, that's a normal psychological like yeah. phenomenon. I've heard that on other podcasts. I've learned that, you know, in classes. And classes, it's true. so true. Don't do anything in your bed that you don't want to do in your bed later, if that makes sense. Okay, and that's another thing that we can go back to food for a second. Don't yeah. stop eating in your bed. If you eat in your bed, quit it, cut it out. I know it's yeah. comfortable and you might have a TV in your room, but I don't, I don't ever put a TV in my room. I always like come out to the living room to watch TV. That's just like another, like me associating yeah. time and sleep and stuff, but like yeah. stop eating in your bed because if you are having problems with eating late at night and you're like, I just want to snack when I'm like, it's just a habit. I just snack. It's because your brain is associating eating every time you get into your bed. And therefore when you get into your bed at night, you automatically start thinking about snacking because that's what your brain thinks of whenever you're there because you're always eating in your bed. 100%. And then coming off of that is not only like don't, you know, eat in your bed, but, and I'm still guilty of this a lot of the time, but it's actually better if you don't like watch TV or scroll through your phone while you're eating. Like I, I try to eat in, <laughs> this sounds so boring. I try to eat in silence. Yeah. Like I'll just, you know, eat by myself, not touch my phone. I won't like watch anything on the TV or like do anything on my laptop if I, if I can. And I'll just try to really just eat, kind of relax, like enjoy my food, notice if I'm full, like notice like how I'm feeling and everything. And I, I think if you're just starting trying to intuitively eat, that's something that's very helpful because I used to just, you know, shovel food down my throat because I was like, well, I need to finish this all anyways, or I need to, you know, this is all I'm eating anyway. So it like, doesn't matter how I'm feeling about it. Yeah. It's all about mindful eating. Like that's literally yeah. like, like we have, we set weekly goals and like bi-weekly goals and stuff with my clients, like all, everyone has like their own goals and stuff, but a lot of them always kind of lean towards like tech-free meals. Um, and so like, I, you literally just like eat mindlessly and like faster too. If you're scrolling on Instagram or if you're answering an email and doing schoolwork or watching a Netflix show, like you'll just like mindlessly like consume it. And then before you know it, it's gone. And then you're like, oh crap, I ate way too much. I wasn't even paying attention. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great tip. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well that we, we covered so much stuff. That was like amazing. Okay. Anything yeah. about balance that like you want to tell everyone? Um, okay. I would say that, and this is kind of, this is kind of general, but I would say eating just coming back to the nutrition portion, 
like eating balanced meals is important, like macro wise, so like protein, fats, and carbs. But I feel like a lot of the people don't prioritize their micronutrients, and that can be something that's affecting your health in other ways, in like a sneaky manner. So like I I saw someone's what I eat in a day on TikTok the other day, and it was like oh like for weight loss, and it was like counting macro macros, and it was like great, yeah, you hit your macros and everything, but like all she ate was like oatmeal, like rice cakes, like brown oatmeal, and like, and like, yeah, she hit her macros, but it's like, there were zero vegetables, like where was, you know, where was the color and the food and everything like that. So I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything right, but I have like low energy. It's like, well, how are your B vitamins? Like, have you been having a lot of B vitamins? They're like, uh, I don't know. So I think it's really important to macronutrients are important, but micronutrients are super important. And I found this important for myself and for my own hormones. I'm actually seeing a naturopath right now and trying to naturally balance um, my hormones because I've just kind of had a lot of like digestive and skin issues like recently. And I'm taking, you know, just kind of like natural supplements for that to fix that. But that was a little bit of a tangent, but that'd be like just kind of my wrap up on, on balance. That's great. I mean, I say it all the time, eat the rainbow. Like literally yes, my, yes, my, yes. my rule of thumb for each meal that I'm having is I want to see at least three colors. Um, and whether that be like, like I'm my stomach starting to growl now, I hope my mic's not picking it up, but, um, like literally I'm going to go eat oatmeal next cause I prep my oats. Um, and I'll be posting like a meal prep Monday. So like y'all will be able to see that. But, um, <laughs> I have my oats, which is one color. I, and then I chose to put berries in with it, but I didn't do blackberries and blueberries cause that's the same color. I did raspberries and blackberries. So it's like getting at least three colors in. Um, and like, I have like tofu salads prepped this week as well. So like I have my greens and then I decided to put carrots too. And I knew I wanted bell peppers, but I knew, okay, my carrots are orange. So let's do yellow and red bell peppers to get other colors in with it. And so it's like really looking at the detail of those sort of things help so much. And people like, it's so easy to forget about, which I understand. Exactly. Um, yeah. you don't study it and you don't think about it all the time and stuff. It's not like first nature for most people. Um, but the more you can get in the habit of looking at your plate and seeing the colors is the better, the better off you'll be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. That was a great note to end that with. I love that. And I, anytime I can sneak in, I eat the rainbow or anything about like gut health. Like I'm all for it. Um, yes. <laughs> awesome. Sponsor break. And as you guys could have guessed, my new activewear line, Surgeon Activewear, is the sponsor for the podcast this season. Of course, right? I could not bypass this opportunity to let my own activewear sponsor my own podcast. So if you guys aren't aware yet, we are a new activewear company called Surgeon. Follow us on Instagram at SurgeonWear, or you can find us online at www.surgeon.com. We are a brand new activewear line, and when I say our products are the best, you guys know I've worn activewear so much, so many different brands, and I, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I am obsessed with our stuff. It is buttery, silky, like literally gold, and it's like another layer of skin on top of your body, and we have so many new colors and designs coming out in the new year, well, this year and years to come, obviously. 
But the big thing about Surgent is that we are partners with Rise Against Hunger. So if you haven't heard of Rise Against Hunger, they are a nonprofit organization that feed families in need and people in need all around the world. So in 2019 alone, they affected over 17 million families in 34 different countries. And we have partnered with them so that every product we sell equals a meal going to a family in need. And that's not just an order, you guys. That's every single product within that order. Literally by the click of a button and you supporting us, making an impact on the world. So shop Surgent, www.surgent.com, obviously. I would love the support, you guys, and, and I would just love to have all of the Nutrition by Lex community and everyone that listens to this podcast a part of the Surgent fam, so definitely check us out. Well, as I told you before, I like to end each episode with asking all of my guests just three fun questions to help everyone get to know you a little bit more. Um, so the first one is, what is your favorite food? Sushi. Easy. That was easy. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's- <laughs> That's so funny. I'm pretty sure I've said this before on the show, but like I, you haven't heard it. So I'll tell you, but like me and my boyfriend, that's literally all we eat. We eat sushi or Mexican food. And we always say that like, at our always wedding day, day. <laughs> no, literally we're always like at our wedding one day, we're going to have like a sushi bar and a taco bar. And like, that's going to be like our food. Uh, for <laughs> okay. I better catch you right because yes. of that. <laughs> like, on with that because that's literally all we eat. Like his friends make fun of us. So, like we're trying to f- figure out food sometimes and they're like, you're going to have sushi. I don't know why you're questioning it. And we're like, that's not true. wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> you're like, yeah, but make it a fun journey to get there. You know? Yeah. Like, like what, which yeah. place are we going to this time though? Like we have to figure that out. <laughs> what rolls are we getting? Am I getting a soup? Am I getting a salad? Are we getting both? Like, exactly. Exactly. It's a problem. Yeah, 100%. No, I love that. It's so good. Um, all right, my second question is, what's your favorite form of exercise? Um, definitely, it ebbs and flows for sure, but definitely right now is um, doing kind of animal flow. Um, so it's like body weight, um, kind of Pilates-esque, I would say. Um, but I, yeah, I was lifting like I still lift heavy, but, and I really enjoy that as well, but it was kind of harsh on my body. Um, yeah, look, look up, just Google or not Google search in Instagram, like animal flow. It's really, okay. it's, it's kind of funky. So it's just, it's basically, it's moving kind of like animals and it's really focusing on that mind to muscle connection, which is something that I've been really like passionate about, um, recently and just kind of like knowing like how my body moves, like mobility flow and stuff like that. Oh, I love that. I've never heard of that. I'm really going to have to look it up. Um, yeah definitely I love that you brought up the fact that like you still love lifting heavy and stuff too um this is something I talked about on the podcast that I was a guest on yesterday as well but like it is okay to switch up your workouts and balance the different types of workouts um I used for an example I was like I feel like so many people especially if you're if you claim you're a runner like I used to claim I was a runner like I was super passionate about it um around a year year and a half I should go like I loved it like I wanted to go out and run every single day like I was just like getting like a runner's high off of that. And I was like, with it. now I hate it right now. I can't stand it. But like so many people think like, oh, to consider myself a runner or a gym person and like going to lift weights or a yoga person, that's all you have to do. And it's like, like allow yourself, here we go again, to have balance and do a bunch of different types of workouts. And like your body will thank you for it because one, you're going to work different muscles and you're going to give other muscles breaks that you don't normally give breaks and like rest and stuff that they need. Exactly. Like I will literally try to 
max out my bench press and then 20 minutes later I'll be doing hand like walking on my hands like yeah. practicing my handstands like I kind of try to do because I used to train like again just for aesthetic and now it's just performance and fun and movement so it's yes again hitting those goals but then also implementing something you know something that I enjoy something that's that's fun in there so I don't hate my training like because if you hate your training like you're doing it wrong. no matter how dedicated you are yeah you're gonna fall off and it's gonna like why do something that you don't like yeah if you don't wake up in the morning and like want to do it if you dread it don't do it switch it up try something new exactly yeah and again you're not gonna like it takes a long time to build muscle it takes a little less time to lose fat but again it's still it's still process so like one day of doing something differently it's probably actually more beneficial because you'll stay on track for longer than to just try to keep hammering it out day after day and then just dreading your life yeah exactly 100 um yeah. all right and my last question is what keeps you motivated <laughs> um this is a tricky one because i would say i'm definitely not always motivated but i'm I, I would say it's not about motivation, but more about dedication. Yeah. So it's about, and within, within reason, because I know I just talked about, like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Yeah. But if, if I'm feeling okay and I just am feeling lazy and I know that my feeling is lazy and not, like, burnt out or exhausted, if I don't feel like working out, like, just doing some type of move, movement, like, making myself do that will most likely make me feel better. And I think reminding basically what will make me more what makes me more dedicated is geez this is a tough one I feel yeah. like this one stumps a lot of people you're not the only one. <laughs> oh no I would I, I would say um I would say knowing how good I feel when I like reach a goal or complete a task and then how bad I feel when I don't so just kind of like reminding myself and being mindful of you know like my end goal and like the lifestyle that like I you know am living working towards and like want to live kind of helps keep me dedicated because I know I felt bad doing it a different way yeah that like drive for success too exactly yeah so kind of kind of a combination of like just knowing like what my end goal is and then also it's honestly it's more thinking about how bad I felt before than thinking about how good I'll feel after um, because I hate feeling like, you know, I hate feeling that way or like, Oh, remember the last time that you like totally like binged on all this food, like how like crap you felt for the next like couple of days, like how inflamed you felt, how tired you felt. It's like, so like maybe don't do that again type of thing. It's, it sounds like almost like the drive to just like feel good in your own body. Like just to have exactly. that sense of content, content feeling and feeling your best. Yeah. And I found that like, you know, I, I feel like I talked about mindfulness a lot, but like meditation and listening to like kind of like self-help podcasts and like the school of greatness. I love that podcast. Yep. Um, listening to those and just kind of being comfortable in, in silence and being comfortable in my own head has kind of taught me a lot about myself. And I've like, really like, I can really take time to realize like what I'm doing why I'm doing it, how I'm feeling about it. And if any of those are bad, then I can switch it up. And that's basically how I keep balance is like self-reflecting and being self-aware. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That's great advice. 
Well, this was an amazing conversation. I'm so glad we got to do this and talk about this topic because I feel like you're the perfect person to talk about this with. So thank you so much. I feel like we have a lot of common in our conversation. It was very natural. just flowed. Yep, exactly. And you guys, um, for you guys listening, uh, how we know each other, Olivia is another certain athlete. I've been having like all of our athletes on. So that's how we know each other. We're kind of, we were Instagram friends um, before, and then she transitioned to one of our athletes. So yeah, she's a part of the fam. Um, we love having her. She's awesome. But I just want to give you a second to plug yourself, tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram, TikTok, if they want to work with you, anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is at live, L-I-V underscore well, W-E-L-L dot V-G. Um, so if you, again, if you want to work with me, talk about exercise, programming um or just general nutrition stuff um you can just shoot me a dm on there i'm also on tiktok it's at livewellvg no dots or underscores or anything just all the way through um but yeah well thanks lex so much for having me i appreciate it love being an athlete man always love talking to you obviously yeah awesome and you guys i will put all of her information in the description below too so you guys can just like click on it and find it if you missed any of that and yes i had so much fun talking to you thank you so much for coming on today and thank you for listening i will talk to y'all next wednesday bye